Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of Stupid or Irresponsible. My name is Justin Shelley, CEO of Master Computing, and I am sitting here with my right-hand man, Joe. Joe, say hi. You just said hi. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, because you jumped the gun, I'm going to ask you a question, Joe. I'm your boss, correct? Correct. All right. I want you to tell me the one thing about me that irritates you the most. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we just brought this up. Generally speaking, security-wise, because you do always have something on your calendar until like 9 o'clock at night, it's really hard to get uh, security features updated on your computer or devices. Oh, good point. Good point. Pretty pretty much of a pet peeve. All right. Um, I love it. And by the way, you couldn't have... uh you couldn't have said a better answer, honestly. <laughs> well, because, well I'm, I mean, I'm bracing myself. I'm thinking, do I have thick enough skin to hear the answer to this question? <laughs> and what well, you plus said, I don't like that you're bald. Hey, yo, well, only room for one of us here. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> uh, I won't. Anyway, um, so listen. Historically, I mean, we're 11 episodes in. Not like we've been doing this forever, but we've we've kind of got a rhythm. And we'll talk about a security topic, a productivity topic or something. And then I try to get people to call me and and schedule, you know, really a 10-minute appointment, right, just to kind of see if we can help people out. But today, today, Joe, we're going to go out of order a little bit. Out of order. Yeah. I mean, rather than stop, stop, rather than end with this uh, offer, we're going to start with it. All right? Ooh. So there's a reason for this. And the reason is, I feel like over the last couple of episodes, maybe a little bit longer, I've gone soft. I've been gentle. (laughs) I've been too nice to people. We can't have that. So what's the title of our podcast, Joe? Uh, Stupid or Irresponsible. Is this meant to make people feel warm and fuzzy? I think that wasn't the plan, no. No, no, that's not the plan. Uh, Do you remember why we called it Stupid or Irresponsible? Oh man, wasn't it? Um, it was a Robin Robbins campaign. Yep. You were yep. Involved? So we uh, we subscribed to the marketing system of one great Robin Robbins, a fantastic marketing coach, by the way, and she created this letter called the Stupid or Irresponsible Letter. Um, how was it received? Do you remember that? Uh, I. What didn't everybody get uh, a little offended? We got a little offended. Yeah. Uh, not even just the people we were sending it to, um, but a lot of the IT providers that were sending the letter couldn't stomach the title. Now, before she sent that out as a campaign strategy for you, did she attempt that on you yourself? No, no. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. So would it have worked? Would I? I, I don't know. That's a good question. It is a good question. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so. It was, you know, when I decided to call the podcast Stupid or Irresponsible, I did it because I, on purpose, wanted to be inflammatory with our topic. I wanted to get people's attention. I want to draw out some emotion um, because this is one of those things that we can't, we can't take lightly. We can't just sit around and hope we're not going to get hit by ransomware. We're not going to get hacked by some Yahoo in China, Russia, wherever, right? Uh, Nothing against those countries. They just happen to be where most of the criminals live. So... Um, you know, we, we named it that. We're trying to get people's attention. And the first few episodes, I think I ended every one by saying, all right, well, what's stupid about this? What are stupid things people do? I've called myself stupid. But, Joe, when was the last time I called somebody stupid? <laughs> well, I, 
you had a few. Uh, I, I think I kind of already said it. You right? You had but, some names for some microphones right before this podcast. Uh, uh, I don't know that the word "stupid." <laughs> yeah, no, definitely "stupid" was there, but a lot more four-letter words. There were it. a few other words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I have a mouth on me sometimes. <laughs> um, but I, the last two episodes for sure, I did not call people out. And I think I even started with saying, listen, I'm not going to call anybody stupid this time. <laughs> we're going to give hugs. All right. Well, we're not giving hugs today because here's what's stupid, Joe. What's absolutely stupid is putting fire alarms in your house after you've had a fire. Fair okay? enough. Yeah. However, the most common uh, frequent sales of fire alarms are after people have had a fire. Is that true? No. Yeah. It, I mean, fact check me. Right? No, I, I mean, it makes I, sense. I, I heard it somewhere. Admittedly, I haven't uh, hit the Dr. Google to verify that, uh, but it does make sense. And and what I can tell you is that when we're selling cybersecurity services, unless somebody has had some sort of a cybersecurity event, they are very unlikely to buy. No, I'll buy, yeah, I'll buy that. Very unlikely to buy. So what's stupid is waiting for the event to happen and then taking preventive measures sure. to, uh, well, <laughs> prevent the event that just happened. So question for you joe have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night to a fire alarm going off oh yeah yeah tell yeah, me oh, yeah tell me i've never not not never a real fire always somebody pulled it when i lived in the dorms or you name it some some just random battery leak or whatever causes those stupid things to go off but that's yeah. fine i didn't yeah. ask you if there was a fire i said have yeah. you ever woken up to the alarm oh yeah oh, all yeah. right oh yeah and describe your state of emotion uh rational thought process in the middle of the night and your alarm's going off um i mean honestly i've i've always assumed that nothing was wrong um and get up to kind of and i slowly go and check it out and inevitably it was never anything um but definitely woke my ass up, get my, got my heart beating, beating a little bit, and, uh, you know, hey, what's going on? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to tell a story about uh, the most terrifying experience of my life. <laughs> Go. All right. So uh, this is, by the way, an absolute serious story. Now, I, I think you're, you're kind of spot on when you say it's kind of common for us to assume alarm is a false alarm, right? And when you're rational enough, you can probably assess a situation and uh, whatever. But I'm just telling you, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think it was like two in the morning, just a few years ago. This wasn't even very long ago. I've got three children in my house. We live on the top floor, you know, the, the second story of the house. All the bedrooms are upstairs. And two o'clock in the morning or whatever, fire alarm goes off. And I mean, I'm shitting myself. Yeah. I... I for whatever reason, in my mind, there was no, no real belief that this was a false alarm. I just went into full, uh, I've got to get my family out Save of the house. Save the children. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously, the most terrifying experience of my life is I'm running around the house frantic, trying to wake up the kids, get them downstairs, find out if we can even go downstairs, because if the fire is downstairs, it's probably coming up the staircase. Yeah. We don't have ladders, you know, rope. We do now. Um, at the time, <laughs> we did not have any kind of a rope ladder or any way of escaping from the upstairs. Fun fact. Uh, yeah. The number one cause of rope buying is uh, house fires. Yeah, exactly right. No, I mean, that's exactly the point I'm making. Um, after that fire went off, I mean, the, the alarm went off and just terrified me. Uh, we improved our fire alarms. We bought rope ladders for everybody's bedroom. Yeah. Um, we upped our game. Was it a real fire? No, oh, no, no. Yeah, it's false alarm. You know, <laughs> but I'm just saying when when it's three in or two in the morning and uh, you're not really thinking rationally, 
I mean, and admittedly, it could have been a real fire. We, yeah, I didn't yeah. know. I mean, sure. it was for whatever reason, in my mind, I was locked and loaded. This was not a drill. This was happening. And I, I mean, I've never been more scared in my life. So it was just, it was absolutely terrifying to go through that. So, I mean, you know, legitimately thought my kids were going to die. Uh, maybe even myself. So, like you said, yes, this is when you buy rope ladders. This is when you buy fire alarms. This is when you buy uh, whatever preventive measure you should have taken beforehand. Yeah. You take it after the fact. You're going to make sure your seatbelt is fastened if you've been in a, a car accident. You're going to look twice if you've ever you know, been in a car accident. You're like just everything changes once you've been through that event. Definitely. And so the it's human nature, but I'm calling it out as just absolutely You know, it's stupid. funny you bring this up as like human behavior, but I was just talking to my buddy about this. All these times that um, I've gotten in trouble or something, I'll, I'll I'll definitely just like you're saying, like immediately I'll take all the precautions and I'll be so cautionary for a time, and then after time goes on, I just start caring less and less about it, right. thinking less, and then all of a sudden something happens again. It's like wow, it's back to square one. I am totally terrified, and same thing with the car. Looking twice, looking three times at the stop sign, that kind of thing. And then over time, it dwindles and dwindles, and it's just a repetitive pattern I see in myself yeah. and definitely in other people, but it's, it's kind it of interesting. Is. No, I mean, and and in all seriousness, this is why we have the podcast. It's why we are beating this drum every single week, week after week, because if something doesn't scare us, if something doesn't cause emotional response in us, we don't take action. So, yes, guys, listeners, uh, we are trying to scare you. Um, but we're trying to scare you in a way that will prevent something that is just catastrophic. Because let's talk about fire alarms versus sprinkler systems, for example. In that moment where the fire alarms are going off in my house and I'm running around hoping that we're going to survive this event, how much better would it have been to have a sprinkler system installed that just instantly lit up? And assuming it was a fire, right. you know, put the fire out. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, if, if we were to be in our our business, let's say you come in in the morning and you see a notification on your workstation that says, hey, by the way, uh, Master Computing has been hit by ransomware. <laughs> you are now alerted. You, the alarm has been sounded. How much benefit is there in that alarm? Oh, yeah. I mean, I get so many a day. That's basically most of my but, days. But what I'm saying this. is if you get the alarm after it's happened. Oh, yeah. No. It's yeah. game over, right? Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. matter that yeah, you were matter. alerted. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. Okay. So... Um, with with ransomware, with cybersecurity, we've got to take it a step farther than just knowing that it happened. Right. We got to be able to prevent it. So back to you know my init initial when I started this thing off, we're going in a little bit reverse order. Before we even dig into our topic today, we're going to talk about this security assessment. Really, it's a discovery call, right? Just jump on the phone, spend ten minutes with me. Um, I ask you some very key questions, and in ten minutes, I can tell you. Uh, what we need to do. What's a couple of questions? Like, what, what are you asking there? Just I'll tell you that one of the very first questions I'm going to ask is if you're doing a regular, consistent education, end-user education. Okay. Are your employees constantly going through some sort of a cybersecurity training? And who's taking care of it? Who's watching it? Who's monitoring it? Who's reporting on it? Right. Because a lot of times if they're doing it at all, which most people don't, but if they are, it's, oh, yeah, we, we ran everybody through that about three years ago. Okay. Right. How many people have come and gone since then? Yeah. So that's a key question. Yeah, I definitely see that. At, uh, most of the places we get, that I go, uh, personally, I'll, any training at all, if it was ever done, is usually at the initiation of some new program, and it's probably a 
four hour or a lunch session. Here's how this whole thing works, and I'll you know I'll never see you again. Right, and that's the end of training. Even through all the updates and the all the changes and everything through the years, that's about the entirety of the the training, quote unquote. Yeah, and yet here we sit with uh, you know statistics for what they're worth. Most breaches are caused by human error. I'll buy it. Most of them are. I mean, there's always the technology side of it. They're trying right. to hack through the firewalls, the servers, whatever. But the most successful attacks come from. Uh, well, let's see. An email, for example, where maybe somebody <laughs> says, hey, I'm your boss and I would like your cell phone number, please. That sounds familiar. Yeah, we may dig into that here in a bit if we have time. <laughs> um, okay, so just for the love of all things holy people, just mastercomputing.com slash discovery. Book a 10-minute call with me. Joe, have I ever been uh, – I mean, first of all, how much does this discovery call cost? Pop quiz. Uh, free? All right. Yeah, I don't charge for this discovery call. How many strings do I attach once somebody calls up? Uh, is it three? Three strings. No, zero strings. Well, maybe it is three because I'm going to follow up with you. If you book the call, we're going to have a few follow-up appointments. Um, we're going to make some recommendations. Um, but how much required to buy? No, you're not required to buy. We're not coming after you. Um, last question, Joe. Have I ever been accused, as far as you know, of being a high-pressure salesman. <laughs> no. <laughs> and the We're laughter, working on that. The We're laughter is that. genuine, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, seriously, guys, this is it's a valid offer. Yes, we have a product we're trying to sell. Uh, we sell it because we believe in it. We sell it because it is a, a game changer Definitely. For, for your business. So, uh, mastercomputing.com slash discovery. All right, sales pitch is over, Joe. Let's go ahead and dig in. Let me hit my notes real quick and make sure I got through everything. I believe I did. Uh, yes. I mean, yes, some follow-up line. No, we're going to go. We're going to dig in. So today's topic is, uh, I mean, something about bookmarking links instead of typing them in or clicking on email yeah. uh, hyperlinks and stuff like that. So we've kind of dabbled with this a little bit before. But this is one thing that I want to – we're going to dive into the deep end of the pool here, Joe. And here I am. I'm the CEO of the company. Always the biggest problem. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry if you're the CEO of a company. You are the reason you'll get breached probably. <laughs> so uh, – To be I, fair, you're also like the number one target for all that. Absolutely. Right. But I'm the one with the most distractions, the most time constraints, the most pressure, stress. Yeah. Um, I'm an easy target. Yeah. And people know it. So – uh, that's why they come after us, by the way. <laughs> so, Joe, the last time when we kind of touched on, it wasn't the main subject, but we touched on this idea that we shouldn't click on links. Yes, don't click on links you in your should, emails, please. You should type it in. You should um, maybe Google it, although there's probably some discussion around that one. But really, you should have bookmarked hyperlinks, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, me personally, I have book like, uh, uh, sorry, bookmarked. Uh, links to the places I go normally. If somebody sends me an email that I have to click, like click here to register and something like that, I'll copy and paste it. I'll go to virustotal.com, which is a free website. You can punch that in. That's also a really good site if somebody sends you an attachment. Um, if you don't know if it's legit or not, or if it's maybe malicious, you can just upload that file directly from your email and it'll check it and run through all the virus scans for free. Okay. And it'll also, like if you're scared about a website or a, a link, all my emails, I'll copy that URL. I'll throw it into that. It takes like 10 seconds. And Wait, start over, rewind. What was that site again? I, like, I yeah, seriously don't know this. Virustotal.com. T-O-T-A-L. Yeah. Virustotal.com. Yeah. All right. So uh, 
guys and Allie, I'm talking to you right now. Um, when you write up the show notes for this, let's get that URL put into the notes so that uh, people can use that. Yeah, those guys are awesome. They're yeah, they're, they're they're doing God's work, man. They, they're awesome. Yeah, they've got a really good SOC team. They do a lot of network security stuff. They work with all the like international governments and stuff. They're they're on point. Okay, that's that's huge. I did not know that. Yeah. So I'm gonna bookmark that <laughs> and start using that one. Um, but kind of the point I was making is that no matter how much I know, and I'm in the one out educating people, you know, I'm sitting here doing this podcast yeah. with you, but there are times when I'm going to click a link in my email. Usually I'm careful. Yeah. And I'm going to emphasize usually because there are times, like I said before, I'm just distracted. I'm busy. I'm whatever. You know, and we all try to be, but just like we were talking about earlier, it's it's just one of those things. Maybe you're super, you know, uh, wary or cautious right now. What happens in a week when you've got a long, you know, it's been a long week. Right. It's, you know, nine o'clock at night. You just got to get these last few emails done and, well, screw it. I'll just click the link and what happens? And it's there over. goes a fire. Game over. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire alarm's not going to help you. Um, so there we go. We, we've got the educational component of this. Don't click on the links. But we also have the reality component, which is sometimes it's going to happen. So, Joe, backup plan number one is what? You already mentioned one, uh, virus. See, I already forgot. Yeah. Vi- yeah. <laughs> Virustotal.com. Virustotal. I yeah. want to say virus copy. Virustotal.com. We're not giving an ad for them, by the way. They're, I mean, they're just a good website. And you like, don't they don't pay, pay for it, right? Like that. Yeah, no, it's a free. It's yeah. totally free. Okay. So, cool. Use that. Yeah. There's one option, one backup plan. Yeah. What else? Well... So I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about this podcast, and I thought about like a really good analogy. So let's say you want to install your own microwave in your house. I've done that before. Simple enough, right? Sure. All the things that can go wrong with, let's say it starts a fire, either it's your cause or whatever. There are certain layers of protection that keep your entire house from catching on fire. Let's start with the infrastructure. Okay. Right? So you need internet infrastructure, but if your house is made of entirely cardboard, the whole thing goes up Going up faster. Right, no. You've got to have specifically graded wood that uh, is slow slow burn. I forget the, predict, uh, the actual word terminology. Uh, you're, you're above my pay grade. Yeah, but and definitely around the kitchen, there's a literal firewall there that yeah, protects the other parts of the house from catching fire on fire. Fire blocking, double sheetrock sometimes. Right. So the infrastructure there is pretty pivotal to this so even an idiot like me can go install a microwave backwards or you know running ac current through ac where it should be dc and poof it all goes up in flames because it's all my fault but you still have all these other layers of protection including i mean you got circuit breakers exactly that's a huge one right yeah yeah you're gonna pop a breaker most likely before uh, if you short those wires together and then you also have the fire alarm and you've got the you know there's just multiple layers there so the same way that oh shit (laughs) <laughs> the same way you do that, the same way you need, you know, your network infrastructure. Same way. So right. let's say somebody does accidentally, oops, I clicked the link that was virus dot, dot executable, and shit, here comes a virus. Well, if you've got email protection that blocked that as spam, you don't have to worry about that, so you never clicked on it, but let's say it gets past that. Oops, I clicked it. Well, now you have an antivirus that's blocking that for you. Oops, I clicked it. The antivirus didn't pick it up. Well, your your firewall picked it up, and it kept it from spreading. Oops, I it, it even got through all those layers, and now it's on all the other computers. Well, the other computers are also monitored uh, and maintained with a third-party sock that is watching for all these lateral movements. Uh, so they're keeping alerts, and they're blocking stuff. Uh, so having multiple layers there, and even even if you have a weak link, or maybe your firewall goes oops, and it, you know there's a crack there, and... 
you know, the fire spreads throughout the house. You've got these multiple layers there to stop that kind of stuff. Right. So same thing with network infrastructure. Um, you know, and that's not even talking. So that's even if you're the 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 dumbest person in the world and click every link, you're still covered by all these other means of uh, protection. Yeah. You know, one thing, and, and I like that you're talking about the layers because both things are necessary. Yes, we can we can do a lot with technology. We can protect against a lot with the different layers of, of security, whether that's antiviruses, firewalls, socks, you know, all the stuff you're talking about. Um, if that's the only protection we put in place and we don't train the user. Well, see, and that's the other good, thing. Exactly. You've so, heard this. Hold, hold on. You've heard the saying that if they <laughs> – if they, uh, Shoot, if you make it idiot-proof, they'll build a better, a better idiot. Oh, yeah. I can't even get that out. Jeez. <laughs> what does that say? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so we've got to, we got to do both. We've got to hit the security um, from a technology standpoint, and we've got to educate the user yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So let's say you're a, you read the manual. You plugged it in, the microwave incorrectly. You don't even have to worry about the other side because if you installed it right because you were trained properly – you should be fine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, fair enough. Now, let the record show that Joe is hiring himself out to install microwaves. <laughs> How much do you charge, Joe? <laughs> All right. So we've got, you know, we've, again, I don't know how much more to break this down. Um, it's an important topic, but there's really not a lot to say on it. So one of the things I wanted to do, I, I really like talking about current events. I like, if possible, I want to talk about stuff I can put my hands on personally. Okay. If that doesn't work, I like going to news headlines or, you know, clients <laughs> or whatever else, where situations we've been involved with. But today, today, Joe, I am out meeting with a potential client and I start getting text messages from one of our technicians. And he said something to the effect of, you need my cell phone number? <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I, he's texting me yeah. from his cell phone to my cell phone saying, you need my cell phone number? Yeah. Like, clearly I don't because uh, we're, we're communicating over cell phones. Right. Um, so I wasn't sure what that was about. And To preface, we're IT nerds, so we have about 15 different chat features we use to talk to each oh, other at yeah. any given time. So probably he wasn't texting you particularly through his, through his phone number. Right? I, I know, or was he? I know it was from his cell phone. Oh, what an it idiot. It was from his cell phone to my cell phone. What an idiot. That's stupid. <laughs> Maybe just irresponsible. <laughs> no, that's that's just flat out stupid. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, however, this is because an email set off a red flag. Why? Because we're always talking about security. And so when he saw this and, he, and it asks me, I'm asking him through email for his cell phone number, what he did not do is respond to email. Yeah. As far as I know. Um, <laughs> so he texted me and said, hey, was that you asking for my cell phone number? No, it wasn't. Okay, that's why I thought it's a bad email and, you know, delete the email, whatever else. But the, the game here is he's trying to, the, the spoofer is trying to get the employee to give out, now we've got internal cell phone numbers, we've got other ways, and then they'll, they're going to come in with the cell phones and spoof stuff. and yeah. and, and just, Or just check for, maybe that's a login for this or a password for that. There's all kinds of stuff. Right. I mean, in... in yeah. Yeah. We won't get into all the ways yeah, they yeah, can yeah. intercept uh, cell phone calls and text messages and whatever else. So, um, and we did, I think you just mentioned, was it last week we broke down emails two weeks ago? Something like that. We talked sure. about how to check for uh, spoofing emails. This one, I got to say, it was kind of embarrassing how, 
how well, I'll tell you why. Was. I'll tell you why. Because okay. we have checks and rules and all kinds of things that block anything that actually looks legitimate. This one, go ahead. Yeah. Just no, explain. I mean, I, I, I'm curious. I, answer that. I'm calling you out right now. How did that email get through our systems? Um, because we can't create a rule that says, even though your email is philcollins at gmail.com, if you say your name is Justin Shelley. Philip Castillo 110. Well. Anyways, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to put Philip Castillo out <laughs> oh, there. Oh, let's throw him under the bus. He This, this a-hole spammed us, so. <laughs> it's probably not him, though. It's probably a bot that hacked him, that poor guy. True enough. That stupid, stupid poor guy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this did, uh, his name is Justin Shelley in Gmail. Um so let's say there's another Justin Shelley in the world. Let's say there's another John Smith in the world right. or Phil Collins. You can't just block rule just based on the rule if it comes from you. Now, this is where there has to be a little bit of human intervention here because that's all they did. They just had the name that. And then they also knew, I guess, they personally knew that Justin Shelley is the chief executive officer, which was the signature. Yeah, and um, I never sign my emails, Chief Executive Officer. Well, you know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of common things that you can definitely tell right. this is not you personally. Right. You know, we have personal signatures, we have work signatures. Nothing here looks like anything that you actually said. But I'm going to point out that, like I said before, we get busy, we get whatever, and I don't exactly. know. John's not in here. Yeah. Dang, I just gave away your name. Sorry, <laughs> doxed. Um, I. It surprised me that he even checked in with me. Honestly. Because I'm, I'm looking at this email and now, I'm like, said that. listen, this this did not need yeah. an interruption on my part. In fact, when I when I heard about this about 30 minutes ago, I thought, crap, I did not check. Or we just got another new do, no, uh, domain, mastercomputing.com. No hyphen. Hey, right. Shout out. <laughs> Been chasing that how long? 20 years. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> so awesome. So it's anywho, uh, we set all that up, and I I thought I. I'm so I'm stupid here. I double I, I thought I didn't do something right. Mm. Obviously that was stupid because I checked my DKIM, my SPF records, uh, my DMARC records. They were all accurate. So okay. I, those are the things that'll that'll block something from saying they're actually from Justin at Master Dash or Master. Right, but because they didn't try to spoof my email address, right. they only spoofed my name, Justin Shelley. In this they did particular not one, spoof right? My email address. Yeah. And this is one of my guys, so yeah. Fear well, not, I'm tearing he, his ass. He needs an it. ass whooping. Yeah. Um, real time question for you, Joe. Sure. This is a Gmail address. Yep. Most of the spam that I get comes from Gmail. I buy it. Is it time to company wide block inbound emails from gmail.com? No. You don't think so? Not at all. Tell me more. Um, well, specifically, if we just block the entire domain of Gmail, uh, there's too many actual Google customers, like actual Google users uh, that send us emails. Now, okay. some of those come from at google.com or googlecorp.com, the actual Google right. people. Uh, but some of them do use Gmail accounts. Um, You're talking about actual Google employees. Yes. Okay. Yeah. People that actually work for Google. Now, us as uh, as a whole. Now, I can imagine most industries don't deal with Google. We do. Same with like Microsoft or you know all the big names. We we actually deal with the actual service providers on a one on one basis. Mm -hmm. Whereas most companies aren't dealing with Google. They're dealing with right G Suite or something okay. of that nature. So I'm just gonna say. 
I personally don't deal with any Google employees. <laughs> well, so you can block it one for more years real, if you want. Again, here we are live, guys. This is not scripted information or scripted uh, dialogue. What would be the downside to me personally blocking Gmail? Missed emails? Oh, boy. We're throwing Uh-oh. out the, the bad news. Google's the talking phones. to us. <laughs> it's, no, it's my phone. No, oh, no, mine. mine's silent. That was mine. That's right. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for that. So bad uh, ramifications that I may not be thinking of. You might miss some emails. Uh, you'd have to definitely keep an eye on your spam filter. So I'd be missing emails from people that are dumb enough to have uh, Gmail as their main company email address. Company or personal? How many people do you know in your personal life that are emailing you at your work email? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I mean, like I said, this is a live yeah. question. I don't yeah, really know. Yeah, these are the, the questions to ask that I'm at. You know, but it's driving me crazy out. because I'll probably get 10 plus emails a day that are spam that are getting through all of our layers of spam yeah. filters that we've got set up, and they're all Gmail accounts. Almost all of them are Gmail accounts. Let me tell you. Uh, Specifically for our spam filtering, there is quite a bit of customization that you can do personally. Um, and I'll get with you after this. Yeah. Or if you have those kind of questions, feel free to book a, a uh, discovery call. A discovery call. <laughs> I will de- definitely go over that with you. Uh, you can go as, as granular at, or as wide as you want on those. Um, but specifically, if you if you have an issue specifically with Gmail accounts, if they're particular accounts, that's the easiest way. If it's kind of generic. Yeah. Um, I can walk you through how to select patterns, email patterns that spoofers and spammers all tend to use. Uh, there's basically, let's say, a thousand templates that they all use, and that's it. That's literally it, even though there are hundreds of millions. I just looked up a stat. 53% of all email this year has been spam. Um, that surprises me that it's that low. Well, this is low. Actually, the, the peak in 2010, 89%. Can yeah. you imagine? Almost 90%, nine out of 10 emails were no, spam. No, I can. That's, that's when- ridiculous. Joe, that's right back to when we opened the company up. I mean, this is master computing version too, right? But when did you come on board? What year was it? Oh boy, I don't know the year. This is year seven in November. Year I seven, think. you've been here seven. So three yeah. years after after the time frame you're talking about. Sounds right. Yeah. But that was the number one issue was spam. Yeah. It was a, It's bad. It's yeah. really bad. So a little off topic here. Um, but also a, a pretty, uh, pretty important point, Joe. What other notes do you have? Statistics, lessons? Oh, that was literally the only statistic. I had. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you usually come with your statistics, so yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, I was digging up, uh, you know, uh, saving a website URL to yeah. your, you know, uh, that's that's the extent of it. <laughs> Just do it, guys. Do it. Just do it. Let me let me let me say this though. This is totally off topic. Upgrade your computers, guys. Oh man. We, um, I can't tell you how many Windows 7 machines or older. We did a, a site survey today, had a 2003 server. Yeah. That thing hasn't been updated in a decade. Right. Hacker, I mean, all you got to do is a port scan. It takes 10 seconds a hacker needs, and your entire corporation is down the, down the I drain. cannot believe they have not been hit yet. <laughs> because They not probably only, have. Well, maybe, but... Uh, I mean, they have 2003, server 2003 sitting behind a massive firewall. No, they don't have a no, firewall. No, yeah, ISP. The basic one, that, basic uh, one you get from yeah. Charter or whoever gave yeah. them, which isn't a firewall at no. all. So, man, that's one lucky dude yeah. that he uh, hasn't been wiped out. So, all right, Joe, I've pretty much said what I've got. What, uh, what did I miss? Final thoughts, takeaways? Yeah, uh, virustotal.com. Check it out. 
throw a website in it, a URL. You can even just check it because what it does, it runs that website against all you know, all the big names. I think this is the top like forty three uh, virus protectors. So mm. it, and uh, so it runs it through the list and sees if it's on any of their on their lists, and then it also goes to those sites on particular servers and checks to see if there's any. Uh, malicious code being sent to it but same with files i use it all the time on files um if if anybody throws an attachment that i don't know could possibly even potentially have any kind of malware or i don't know who it's coming from or it's the first time someone's emailed me and here's the link to even even something so short as hey let's have this uh, webinar here's the link to the add it to your invitations right i throw all of those in there and it it takes literally the time to go to the website and that's it yeah and it's, I mean, so cool. So cool. Check it out. VirusTotal.com. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. I'm, I'm going to start doing that. So, all right, guys, then we are just going to wrap up exactly where we started. What is stupid? Joe, what did I start off by saying stupid was? Buying a fire alarm after your house is burned down. Sure. Guys, don't wait. Please do not wait until you've been breached, until you've been hit with ransomware, until your business is vaporized, because a lot of people aren't coming back from these attacks. They're brutal few simple measures we can put you you know we can provide a roadmap that will protect you from 97 percent of this stuff that's the statistic that uh just keeps holding true time and time again so 10 minutes just uh, mastercomputing.com slash discovery we'll write a custom plan for you and we will help you put it into place that's all i got joe say goodbye goodbye